Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. I want to welcome those of you who are here in the room, those of you who are watching online. Merry Christmas, okay? We've got two weeks until Christmas. How many of you guys are ready? <laughs> got all your presents? Yeah. How many of you guys, you're not even close, all right? You're way off. Chop, chop. <laughs> Time's a-wasting. It's good to see all of you here. Just so you know, I'm, I'm battling some crud. So at the tail end of it all, so you'll have to excuse my cough today. I've got my Kleenex, my water, got my cough drops, got one in my mouth. So we're going to power through, okay? Here we go. So we are in week two of our series called Vintage Vibes Christmas Edition. And what we're doing basically in this series is we're walking through a few classic Christmas carols leading up to Christmas Eve. And the one we're going to take a look at today is for many a favorite. Okay, it's Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I owe that joke to Mark Raymond over there. He, he wanted me to do that one. But we're going to do Oh Holy Night instead, okay? Let me give you a little history. This is a fascinating story behind this song, okay? The history behind this song, it goes like this. The song Oh Holy Night, it's written in the mid-1800s, Okay. And what's really interesting is a parish priest asked a local guy, a French merchant and poet by the name of Placide Capot, would you take Luke chapter 2 and write a poem based on Luke chapter 2? Now, here's the crazy thing. Placide was not only not a Christian, he wasn't a believer, okay? He was actually known around town to be kind of a hellraiser. I mean, this guy was far from God, didn't go to church, but he was a brilliant poet. And so he sat down and he wrote this poem based on Luke chapter 2. And he liked it so much, he actually asked another friend of his who was a musician, would you put this to music? And that guy was not a believer either. But this song, once it came out, it was so popular. It was sung all throughout the Catholic churches. In fact, it was sung in all sorts of different churches. Until a few years later when people figured out who wrote the song and who put it to music. And so they thought, hang on a second, we got to shut this song down. But by that time, it was too late. It was massively popular, even as it is today. And, and I don't know about you, but, but don't you love the way that God works sometimes? I mean, I do. God can use anybody to accomplish his purposes. Remember that. There's a deep lesson in this. All truth is God's truth. Now, here's another interesting fact about this song, O Holy Night. In 1906, Reginald Fessenden, a 33-year-old Canadian professor, he did what many people thought was impossible. <laughs> Out of his own garage, he made a makeshift generator, plugged a microphone into it, and transmitted the very first AM broadcast in the history of the world. It was Christmas Eve, 1906. And he read Luke chapter 2 into the microphone. Okay, he broadcasted this particular chapter, starting with, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And then he just read through the Christmas story. And when he was done, get this, he pulled out his violin, and he decided he was going to play a song into that microphone. You want to guess what song he played? Yeah. 
the very first song ever transmitted on the airwaves in the history of the world was this song, Oh Holy Night, Christmas Eve, 1906. Is that cool or what? You know, for you and I, we can only really imagine what it would have been like to be there on that holy night. And I don't know about you, but for me, the whole manger scene, it elicits a lot of emotion inside of me. Maybe it's because as a kid, we had one of those little manger scenes set up on our dining room table. And I think back, I wasn't even a believer at the time, but something about that manger scene, it intrigued me, right? You've got the little baby Jesus there. You've got calm, serene Mary, the stately Joseph. You've got the cows that are lowing, whatever that means. I have no idea, okay? But they're lowing, okay? They're lowing. I've heard of mooing. Maybe it's the same thing, but... Cows have deep voices, they're never highing, they're only lowing. I don't know. I decided I'm not even going to look it up. I don't even care, okay? But they're lowing, all right? But, you know, you think about all is calm, all is bright. I, there's some emotion. I just look at a manger scene, I'm like, mm, I'm drawn to that. But honestly, our little manger scenes, as meaningful as they may be, I think they do a bit of a disservice to us in understanding what that night was really like. Because the reality is, first of all, you have a teenage girl there who had been impregnated by the spirit of the living God. Okay, try to wrap your brain around that one. And she and her likely teenage fiance, they were traveling on the back of a donkey. So try to picture this, ladies, nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey for 80 to 120 miles. Yeah, when my wife Wendy went into labor, we went to the hospital in a Plymouth Sundance. That was rough enough, Okay. Imagine that, riding on the back. And then they come into town, there's no place to stay. And so they go to what many scholars believe was kind of like a cave. It was a place where animals would seek shelter from rough weather. So she is giving birth in the worst possible environment. You, you talk about unsterile. And if we can be honest, you, you got a little girl there screaming her brains out because she wasn't immune to labor pains, okay? There's no epidurals back then, no painkillers, Right? Again, my wife, Wendy, she's a sweetheart, but before her epidural, it was not all rainbows and sunshine, okay? Not at all. This was not the peaceful, serene scene as, as Mary is giving birth to the Son of God. Now, in this song, O Holy Night, there's one phrase I want us to key in on, and that's kind of what we're doing in this series. We're pulling out some unlikely phrases from these songs, and we're talking about them. And, and I hope that every time you worship God to this song again, which we will do, but every time you worship God to this song, I hope this phrase kind of jumps out at you. I put some of the lyrics on your outline, but here's the phrase I want us to key in on. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Could all of you say weary world with me on three? One, two, three. Weary world. Yeah. I think if there are two words that could accurately describe our world today, it would be those two words, weary world. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, it, it's just overwhelming. There's so much anxiety with what's going on in our world today, what's going on in our economy today relationships are messed up. So many people we know, they're battling physical maladies or emotional challenges, anxiety, depression, families are struggling. It's like we're fighting just to stay above water. 
And I just think that in our world today, people can relate to that phrase, weary world. But what I actually love about this song is that it says, there is a thrill of hope. You know, imagine in the chaos of that holy night, there's this thrill of hope that maybe, just maybe, one day things will be different. You know, those who are putting their faith in God for centuries have been hoping that one day the Messiah would be born. And from that day forward, everything would be different forever and ever. And you can hear that kind of faith in that there's this thrill of hope. And all of a sudden, the weary world does what? The weary world <laughs> rejoices. And I pray that if there's a weary world in you, that you'll experience a thrill of hope. And in your weary world, you'll find the faith to rejoice. Why? Because even in the chaos of that night, there's the next line. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. So as you move forward in life, don't just think about that night, that holy night. But think about what happens the next day when the sun comes up. The Savior has been born. And everything, everything is different in that new and glorious morn. Because a day with Christ can change everything. So I want us to focus in on the new and glorious morning today. And what I want to do is I want to take you back to the Old Testament book of Lamentations. And just so you know, the context for Lamentations is that it's the year 586 BC. Okay, Jerusalem has fallen. And so the Israelites, they're about as distraught as you possibly could be. And the prophet Jeremiah, he's lamenting, he's weeping along with everybody else. And he kind of just pours out his heart of hurt in this text. But then in chapter three, there's this switch where he moves from mourning to a moment of faith. And I love this. He says in verse 20, I well remember them and my soul is what? Say it with me, downcast within me. In other words, he's not going to pretend everything is fine. He's not going to put his hands over his face and say, eh, this isn't happening. No, he's acknowledging that there is pain, that there is life-altering difficulty. But then he goes on in verse 21, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Now, I love this. Let's pause here. He says, I'm going to call this to mind. It's already in there but it's not at the front of my mind. So I'm gonna put it at the front of my mind. I'm gonna call this to mind. And when I do, I will have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. See, it's amazing what a new day with Christ can bring. And so this morning, I wanna show you three truths from this text that can bring you a thrill of hope when your weary world is in darkness. So if you have your outlines, write these down. First of all, a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. People, every new day with Christ will bring you exactly what you need. And notice I didn't say want. 
What you need and what you want, they're sometimes different. Lamentations 3.24, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. You say, what does that mean? It could mean a number of different things. Many scholars believe, and I tend to agree with them, that this is a reference to when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and God would provide for them their daily portion of heavenly manna. Each day when they woke up, God would give them exactly enough food for that day. And you may recall, if they tried to hoard it, if they tried to store it up, the food would not last, it would rot. It was as if God was trying to teach them, you need me every single day. Just like in the New Testament, when Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread, because I need God every single day. So I'm gonna call this to mind, the Lord is my daily portion. He's exactly what I need. You know, the good news is God is already in tomorrow and he has exactly what you need. You know, if your marriage is struggling right now, what I hope you'll understand is that God is in tomorrow waiting for you and he is what your marriage needs. If you're feeling weak today, God is already in tomorrow And the Bible says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you're feeling down and depressed, God is already in tomorrow and he is your joy. He's the lifter of your head. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. And what you need is the presence of God, doing life with God. Because when you do life with God, you get his presence, his reality, his strength, his wisdom, his goodness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So a new day with Christ brings exactly what we need. Second, and I hope this will minister to you, a new day with Christ brings the hope to keep going. It's a thrill of hope in a weary world. It's the thrill of hope and faith when all we can see is darkness. It's the belief that a new morning is coming in the middle of the chaos of the night. Lamentations 3.25 says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. You know, it's been said that as human beings, we can survive about 40 days without food. We can make it about eight days without water. We can survive around four minutes without oxygen but we can only live a few seconds without hope. And I just think there are far too many people in our world today who are trying to survive with a very hope-deprived existence. They're struggling to find places to put their hope. They're actually putting their hope in the wrong places. You know, many of you know that right now, the stock market, is kind of a risky place to put your hope, isn't it? You put your hope in your company, you may get let down. You put your hope in another person, they may not come through for you. You put your hope in some outcome that you need. You may not get the results that you think should happen. Why? Because we're putting our hope in the wrong place. And when we put our hope in the wrong places, we end up hopeless. And ultimately, we become a weary world that wonders where anything good can be found. It's because our hope is in the wrong place. You know, I love what Hebrews 10.23 says. The writer says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. 
That is a great word picture. Let us hold on to it. People, hold on to it for dear life. Christians, grab a hold of the hope you profess and never let go because he who promised is faithful. You know, the challenge today is I think we have far too many believers who are letting go of the hope that we profess. And they're grabbing a hold of the fears and the anxieties of, of the darkness of the night. Like we're letting go of the truths of God and, and grabbing a hold of the lies of the enemy. We need to do the exact opposite. We need to let go of the fear, let go of the anxiety, let go of the panic, let go of the stress, let go of the doubt and grab a hold of the hope we profess. Hold on to the promises of God and never lose hope of what a new day with Christ can bring. You know, have you ever had a friend who's just given up all hope in life? And doesn't that just break your heart? And sadly, in, in my years of life in ministry, I've known a few people who in the darkness, the chaos of the night, they've given up hope. You know, one of them was a great man of God. He's a great friend, great father, great husband. And to this day, nobody knows exactly what happened. But in the chaos, the darkness of the night, he panicked. He took his life. And man, that's just like a punch to the gut when that happens. You've probably known somebody who's, who's done that. I think it's a reminder that there is a spiritual battle out there, and it's real, and the enemy plays dirty, and Christians are his main target. People, the devil can plant dark, dark thoughts in our minds, thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of despair. But if we can just endure, endure through the night, Psalm 30 in verse 5 says this, weeping may last through the night, but say it with me, joy comes with the morning. Weeping may last the night, but joy comes with the morning. So don't lose hope, Christian. Don't lose hope. Grab a hold of that hope you profess and never let go. I'm gonna stay here for a second longer because somebody may need to hear this. Don't let go of that hope. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't cash it in. Don't. Understand, it may be dark for a while. And yes, we live in a weary world. But in the midst of the weary world, there's a thrill of hope that can make the weary world rejoice. There's a new day coming. And I'm telling you, a new day with Christ can change everything. So if you're feeling down, just hang on until the morning. Like when the sun rises, God's got everything you need. So don't give up hope. A new day with Christ brings the hope to keep going. And finally, a new day with Christ brings the help you're seeking. What help are you seeking? You know, verse 26 tells us, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That word salvation can just mean deliverance. And some of you, you, you may need to be saved. You may need the salvation of your souls. Like you need to be saved. You need to be forgiven by God. It's, it's as simple as putting your faith in Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, the Bible says. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. He guarantees forgiveness and eternal life to all who come to him by faith and trust in him. But some of you, you, you may already be born into the family of God. And what you need is some kind of deliverance, a deliverance out of some difficulty in life. And I'm always amazed, and I want you to think about and never lose sight of this truth. It's unbelievable. But you cannot fathom, people, you cannot fathom the difference one day with Christ can make. 
you know, Lazarus in, in the New Testament, he was dead for four days. He was so dead, his body smelled, okay? The King James Version says it well. He stinketh, all right? You know you're dead when you stinketh. Like dead, dead. Really dead. Four days. Everyone's given up hope. Jesus shows up. He looks at the rock. He looks into the grave and says, Lazarus, get up, buddy. Come forth. And Lazarus just walks right out. And I'm here to tell you, Lazarus would say to you, you have no idea the difference one day can make. It's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. There was a woman who for 12 years suffered with an issue of blood, bleeding 12 years. Can you imagine the pain, the embarrassment, the humiliation, the private and public suffering of her soul? Every day hoping maybe today will be the day. And then, oh my gosh, am I just stuck with this? And for 12 years, she lived in agony, 12 years. But then one day, she sees Jesus and she touches the hem of his garment and she is healed. She would tell you, you have no idea the kind of difference one day with Christ can make. It's amazing. One man, from the day he was born, for 38 years, unable to walk. He was at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus shows up, looks at him and says, pick up your mat and walk. And after 38 years of being lame, this man walks. And he would tell you, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. Some of you need to hear this. You're in the weary world right now. And I'm telling you that in your weary world, there is a thrill of hope that can make your weary world rejoice. There is a new and glorious morning that is coming. There is a new and glorious morning coming. And, and maybe you look at your marriage and you think, it's never going to change. It could never be any better. I'm telling you, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. Maybe you're sick in your body or somebody you love is sick. I'm telling you, we serve a God who can heal. He really and truly can. And whether he heals or he doesn't heal the way we think he should, in the presence of God and his goodness, it's amazing the difference one day with Christ can make. You know, some of you right now, you're in the night, and man, there's pain, and there's no epidural, and, and the baby's coming, and the cattle are lowing, whatever that means, but it's not good, it's no fun. And, and all of a sudden, like, suddenly you realize that in that weary world, in the middle of the night, you remember, because Jesus was born to this world, I can have hope in the middle of the night. Because Jesus is here right now, I can have hope. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. Maybe not what you want, but always what you need. A new day with Christ brings the hope to keep going. And a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. <clears throat> Listen to Romans 13, 11 to 12 as I close here. This verse for some of you may become a new favorite. Paul says, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. 
the sun will rise again. The darkness is nearly over, and you are nearer to your salvation than you were a day before. For some of you, that may be the salvation of your soul. For others, it's just salvation out of darkness, out of some difficult trial in your life. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. You know, the sun always rises again. The Son of God is risen, and because he was born into this weary world, there's a thrill of hope. For yonder breaks a new and glorious what? Say it with me. A new and glorious morn. Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that with the coming of your son, Jesus, there is a thrill of hope. There is always hope. And we just rejoice in that. And yes, we live in a broken, fallen, messed up, sinful, sick, diseased, in many ways, evil world, and it makes us weary. But remind us that a new day with you, Jesus, gives exactly what we need. You promise that, that you will give us all that we need for life and godliness. Remind us that a, a new day can bring the hope just to keep going, to press on, to know that we are nearer now than we were the day before. And finally, Lord, help us to realize that because of a new day with you can bring the help that we're seeking. Whatever that may be, whatever our trial, whatever our struggle, you are all we need. You have everything we need. And you will sustain us. You will never let us go. So we love you. We praise you. And now we turn our hearts to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and sing, O Holy Night. Oh
you need prayer this morning, we have a team up at the front. You are welcome to come, ask questions, have them pray for you. Otherwise, we pray that you have a blessed week and that you are a blessing to others. Merry Christmas. We'll see you back here next Sunday.